Hey everyone, welcome to episode 130 of the Unfocused Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me, as always, is Andrew Brown. Hello. And Tori Wassenaar. Hello. Uh, and this week, we're going to talk about uh, another game Nintendo's going to pull from the store next year. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Uh, updates to Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda. <gasps> Breathe. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Transformers Battlegrounds, uh, and Andrew's going to be talking about Death's Hangover. Uh, so let's just jump in to the latest news. Okay, so we all know that uh, Nintendo can't go 10 minutes without giving us Fire Emblem news, uh, usually related to Smash, uh, much to everyone's chagrin. Uh, but they announced that the original... Uh, Famicom Fire Emblem is coming to Switch, available in English for the first time ever uh, on December 4th for 6 bucks. I guess that's American. It's probably going to be near 10 bucks over here in Australia. It's 9 uh, 9 Okay. Uh, and it's another one of those that will be limited availability until March 31st, because they're deciding that's the end times, apparently. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of their games now that are going to be just pulled from sale on March 31st, which is just weird, and I hate that it works, but it's going to work, so I'm going to buy it. They did announce a cool-looking special edition, but it comes with a download code, so as much as I'd like the art book, um, I don't really want to reward physical editions with download codes, because that just bores me senseless. Yeah, anyone excited for this, Tori? I've never quite gathered whether you're, you're a Fire Emblem fan or not. I am. I just uh, I keep it on the down low. <laughs> uh, I I ordered the edition because I'm an art book junkie. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was the thing for me. Uh, Andrew, you gonna grab it? I'm gonna get it. Yeah, like uh, last year, I wanted Three Houses to be the game that finally got me into Fire Emblem, and then Anime School. Uh, so I didn't play it. I think this is going to be a weird game for a lot of people because I actually do know a few things about this series and this game does not have the support conversations. It does not have the weapon triangle. Uh, so I think it's going to be a, a weird experience for a lot of people. But I think if there's a, a way to get into the series, go back and play the first one. And I'm excited to play it in its original graphics with its original design, warts and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Uh, that's it, really, for, for Switch News. Uh, I can't wait to find out what they'll release next and then pull from the store. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's weird. But Nintendo does Nintendo. Okay, on to what we've uh, been playing over the last week. So, uh, Tuesday, my uh, Mario Kart Live home circuit arrived. Um, so I had a quick blast. I, I didn't really have anything to add to what Tori said last week, um, mainly about the space stuff. I found I was able to easily make smallish courses, just that they weren't very interesting. Not much room for manoeuvre. Uh, I really enjoyed terrorising my cats, one of which just kept sitting in the track. Uh, the other decided they would follow the car around, uh, trying to see what it was, but wouldn't couldn't quite grasp that if she just stayed where she was, it would come round again. So she was just in this continuous loop of just following the car. It's amazing how quick the game seems when you're playing it, but then when you look at the actual car, it's going at a snail's pace. 
<laughs> on those lower speeds. Yeah. Uh, but the thing uh, I can add to is uh, my wife got her copy on Thursday. Uh, so we, we experimented a little bit with the two-player. We haven't done any full-blown races. Yeah, it's it's a weird experience as it is. It's even weirder playing it two-player and, you know, seeing the car up ahead and, uh, you know, being able to hit it because you can't hit the in-game stuff either. That brings me on to another point. I do like with this uh, game that you can, like, if you don't want to set up the track, you can actually just boot it up and tool around with the car. Yeah, what is it? Explore mode. Yeah, so yeah. you can just... You just cruise around. Get a bit of practice in. Yeah. The the power sliding like feels amazing. I don't know what it's doing. Is it slowing the car down and just turning harsher? Yeah, I, f- I feel like it's slowing the car down on one side, which is causing it to turn harsher. The in-game animation, it's like the power slide from the, the normal iteration of the game. Yeah, it feels like drifting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really good, and yeah, it, it does just really feel like Mario Kart. Like even when you said it last week, I just couldn't get my head around how this physical car controlling it over Wi-Fi could feel like actual Mario Kart, but it does. It, it really does. Yeah, I, I hope whatever lessons that they've learned from this kind of make it into RC cars in general, because it's mm-hmm. a lot more fun playing with this than it has been with just like a cheap. RC car. Yeah. Now, I did talk about... We talked about range, because it connects via Wi-Fi. Hmm. Uh, and if your car gets too far away from your switch, you'll get connection issues. Um, so I was playing it docked out our back room originally, uh, where and we were having it loop like through the, the family room, into the laundry, through the kitchen, and then back into the family room again. And um, there's a brick wall, a little bit of a brick wall, like, as you go from the living room to the laundry and that was causing me some uh, choppiness uh, but we figured out a better way to to manage that it's either a sit in the middle and play handheld or we can have the uh, carts going in more of like an l-shape loop instead with our living space so yeah right. we're gonna try out two-player racing properly during the week so yeah I'm, I'm really happy with it i think it's a really cool system i can see them iterating on it maybe for future releases I think my only disappointment is that they didn't have more options than just Mario and Luigi. Yeah, I reckon Peach and Yoshi. They're, yeah. they're the more likely ones to come out. Peach would have been been the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to make it feel more inclusive. Well, the fact that they only have the Koopalings mm-hmm. makes me feel like they have given themselves room to expand the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the physical cars, yeah. And it's free to download software, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't play it without the card, but I, I think... <laughs> yeah, the, the, it definitely feels like this is just a sort of starter kit for now. How, yeah. they, how they do additional stuff, I don't know. Yeah, they can do um, like additional AR stuff as well, like mm. expansion pack of cardboard or something like that. <laughs> Boost pads would be cool. Yeah. So, so that's it. I, I, I think this is a really cool uh, combo of video games and toys uh, in in a way that we haven't really seen. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope they expand on it, even like moving forward into to next generation or as uh, RC car tech improves. Uh, I mean, how, how much can it improve? But you know what I mean. 
Uh, Andrew, you've been checking out uh, the new things in Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, my copy hasn't even shipped yet, even though it hit stores on Friday, and I could have just walked in and bought a copy, but now I've got to wait for the delivery. How's, how's the new content? The new content is interesting in Cadence of Hyrule. Tori already talked about this game quite a bit a few episodes back, so I'm not going to go into too much depth on the basics, and I'm sorry if I do end up repeating some information. Uh, but basically, this is a uh, a rhythm-based spin-off of The Legend of Zelda. It's a semi-sequel to the roguelite dungeon crawler Crypt of the Necrodancer, where music plays with a pretty heavy beat to it and you have to move your character around on the map screen in time to the beat of the music and you have to fight enemies in time to the beat of the music and the better you are able to perform in the beat of the music the better your rewards will be although if you played crypt of the necrodancer uh, you are aware that your success at the game uh, in that game is going to depend on how well you can match that beat uh, Cadence of Hyrule is much, much, much more forgiving to people who can't keep on the beat for the entire for the entire round that they're in. Cadence of Hyrule is really it's it's so much like Zelda. It's it's kind of funny uh, in spite of how different it might seem at first glance. There is a, a heavy emphasis on exploration and finding upgrades, and you can use those upgrades to solve puzzles, and those puzzles might get you more upgrades, or it might get you tools that you can use uh, to solve still other puzzles. Uh, you can use the tools on enemies, but I never do. I always just beat them to death with my sword. It's a Zelda game. <laughs> it's rough pretty early on, but once you get enough heart containers and bottles, you can just face tank the entire game without paying too much attention to your health. You just have to break off every now and then to go and stock up on potions and and you're you're golden uh i especially noticed this in the final boss which has a special mechanic where the boss will sh throw different colored waves of energy at you and you're supposed to switch characters uh to get through these waves of energy uh because the characters are color-coded uh you match the character color to the energy color and then you'll avoid taking damage it didn't occur to me until after i'd already beaten the boss that that was what i was supposed to do <laughs> i just walked through the waves and just ate the damage and it didn't matter i still beat the boss that's uh that's how hard this game is once you get your health up <laughs> uh but past the the main game which is what tori mostly talked about there's octavo's ode uh, which lets you play as the villain Octavo in a side story, basically. It, it's the same as the main game, but you play as Octavo. And he has special mechanics where uh, he damages enemies as he moves. It's kind of hard to explain. You have to see it in action. But it, it feels really good to play as him. I've actually been having an easier time with him than I did playing through with Zelda and Link in the main game. And he's got a unique final boss, and that was added in a, a post-release patch, not part of the paid DLC, so anybody who owns this game can access this mode. And then there's the new mode, the new DLC story mode that they added just last month, which is Symphony of the Mask. 
Symphony of the Mask can be accessed in one of two ways. There's a portal in the Lost Woods in the main story mode you can take to get there, and that lets you carry over all of your upgrades from the base game. Or you can also start a new game from the main menu that will drop you right into that game mode, and you start from scratch. And how you are going to enjoy this mode, I think, is going to depend greatly on which direction you choose to approach it from. (laughs) Uh, But Symphony of the Mask has you playing as the Skull Kid, who has unique mechanics, like all the characters do, but his mechanics are truly unique. He doesn't use the equipment system that the base characters use. Instead, he has a number of masks that he can wear, because this is the Skull Kid from Majora's Mask. Uh, And the mask he's wearing depends upon the type of blocking he does and which weapon he has equipped. And so he starts off with just a basic attack, but as you get more and more masks unlocked, then he gets a wider range of attacks to use. I actually didn't like this system as much as the base games because cycling through the masks in real time versus just pausing the game and just switching the weapon I had equipped didn't feel as smooth. I I felt like I took a lot more damage than I really needed to and I wasn't always able to see which weapon I was switching to in battle because you know I'm doing it all in rhythm with the music while I'm also trying to move and I'm trying to fight enemies or, or trying not to get hit by enemies. It just, it didn't feel good. <laughs> the Skull Kid in his DLC has a new area he goes into. It's it's uh, about half the size of the main game and it's just this alternate world of what Link and Zelda explore and he only has two dungeons to go through. There's the Gerudo Arena, which just has you fight a bunch of enemies in a bunch of rooms, and you fight a boss at the end of it, is pretty standard. And then there's the Temple of Brainstorms, which is a much more traditional Zelda dungeon, where there's a lot of puzzles, every room has a puzzle in it you have to solve, you have to solve every puzzle to finish the dungeon, and what I learned from the Temple of Brainstorms is the last thing I wanted in Cadence of Hyrule was a traditional Zelda dungeon. I just I want to just fight enemies because a lot of these puzzles weren't very intuitive, I think, because as I said, you get the tools, but you don't really have to use most of them. You just bounce through most of the game and beat it with your basic weapon. But the Temple of Brainstorms required me to use a lot of the tools in ways I didn't know you could actually use them. So I got stuck on a a few rooms because I didn't know that you could push and pull blocks with the power gloves. And I didn't know that you could break ice blocks with the bombs. So I just, I got stuck for a really long time uh, because I was trying to brute force it the way you do the entire rest of the game. Versus this one dungeon that's three floors and it has like 10 to 20 rooms in each floor. It just, like half my time playing this DLC was just in this one dungeon. I didn't enjoy it at all. And it, it kind of drugged the whole DLC down for me. Yeah. yeah. That's to say nothing of the difficulty. Uh, the base game is much easier than the original Crypt of the Necrodancer. Many of the areas in... The Symphony of the Mass DLC reminded me 
greatly of the experiences I had playing Crypt of the Necrodancer, just this relentless onslaught of enemies. Like, seriously, there were times that I could not move because I was surrounded by enemies and I wasn't doing a great job of avoiding all of their attacks and i think the only reason that i managed to finish this dlc as quickly as i did was because i chose to play it from my old story mode save file so i had a full set of bottles that i could fill in with potion and i had almost a full set of heart containers so i, I was able to brute force my way through a lot of those tougher enemies i did briefly sit down to try it from a new save file where I have no bottles and I only have three heart containers. There are far fewer enemies doing it that way, but like the first enemy you fight is one of the spear-throwing moblin enemies who you won't fight until you've got a fair amount of equipment in the base game. In Symphony of the Mask, it was the first enemy I fought, and uh, there were other enemies after that that are also much tougher and i died pretty quick <laughs> i think if you're coming at this dlc from the story mode with all of your upgrades it's fine uh if you're starting a new game on a new file jumping straight into this dlc it feels as hard as crypt of the necrodancer was which <laughs> uh, is not a compliment uh, unless you enjoyed crypt of the necrodancer if you were that good good for you um the only way i could beat crypt of the necrodancer was to play as the bard character which disables the rhythm aspect of the game in other words the only way i could beat crypt of the necrodancer was to uh <laughs> completely ignore the game mechanics <laughs> <laughs> i did not come out the other end of crypt of the necrodancer feeling like i had done the game justice or was appreciating it the way it was meant to be played uh i should add that uh cadence of hyrule also has that option uh, but you don't have to play as the bard to get to it. You can just toggle it on and off, and you can use it with any character. Again, this is just a much more approachable game for uh, people who are bad at rhythm or people who are just overwhelmed by how much stuff Crypt of the Necrodancer expects you to, to balance on every beat of the game. Uh, but there's a lot more to Cadence of Hyrule than just these two DLC packs. There's additional modes and characters that have been added over time. Some of these are just new Zelda characters to play as. A couple of them are brought over from Crypt of the Necrodancer. There's Arya, Frederick, Impa, Shadow Link, and Shadow Zelda. You can't play as these characters in the story modes. You have to do these post-game alternate modes to get to them. There's a single character mode where you play through the story using just one character the whole time. Uh, honestly, I think this is how most people play the story mode, so it's it's mm -hmm. kind of a silly mode. But like, if you, you want to play through the story mode with Impa, you can do that here. Uh, there's the dungeon mode, which basically recasts the entire game as a Crypt of the Necrodancer style. It doesn't have the overworld the entire game. It's just basically a Necrodancer dungeon, but you still go through all the upgrades. You find all the tools and everything. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting remix of it, and I think it's going to be nice to see for fans of the original game uh, there's the all characters mode which is the dungeon mode but you have after you finish the super dungeon with one character you immediately have to do it with the next character so that's kind of a challenging marathon the daily challenge which is self-explanatory uh there's puzzle mode which is the uh 
a standalone version of the Temple of Brainstorms. I have no desire in ever doing that. And there's the <laughs> arena mode, which is a standalone version of the of the Gerudo arena. And <laughs> the weirdest thing about these modes is the only way you can ac- access them is to start a new game. And there's only three save slots. So like, if you want to have a save slot for your story mode, and you want to have a save slot for Octavo's Ode, and you want to have a save slot for... Uh, the symphony of the mask you have no more save slots left over to get to these alternate modes and i i think that's a really bad way of doing things but that seems to be the only way to access these modes is you basically just have to leave a save file open that way if you want to play your single character run or you want to do a dungeon mode run or a permadeath run you have to start a new save file and you have to delete one of your old ones that's that's a bad way of doing things they clearly are still supporting this game. It's, they're still getting patches. It's still getting content releases. I, I hope they change how that works so that way I don't have to choose between uh, saving my progress in my campaigns versus you know actually playing these alternate modes. There's also um, alternate music tracks that are available. Like I think the original remix that it comes with is incredible, but... Now you have six more, so that's even better. Uh, just playing through the game once is great, but now you can play through it again with a new character and playing with a new soundtrack. That, to me, sounds great. I mean, that sounds enjoyable just by itself. So overall, I think all the DLCs are kind of a mixed bag, but the original game is strong enough on its own that I'm not mad. Cool. Yeah, I mean, the original game was was absolutely great. So, yeah, if it's just... You know, that and more. That's kind of cool, uh, even if it's not stellar. So I'll go next. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got Center Code for Transformers Battlegrounds from Bandai Namco. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, so I have been playing it over the past couple of days. Uh, so a couple of things to start with. So as a child, I was a huge Transformers fan. The uh, movie was like the thing I would watch every time I was off sick. It was just like my comfort food uh, for those times. So uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a strong uh, like of the Transformers franchise. I have been out of the loop for many years, uh, so I'm not sure if this is actually based on a new cartoon or a current cartoon. Because of the way it's presented, it doesn't quite scratch the nostalgia itch like I was hoping. Uh, certainly not like something like Transformers Devastation did, uh, which is a really good platinum action game on, on uh, PS4 and Xbox uh, which is definitely built to scratch the nostalgia itch uh, you know it's got the, the art style from the original cartoons, it's got all the original voice actors um, this doesn't that's not to say that them having a different art style and a different approach to these characters is bad it's just not what I'm used to uh, and you know that instantly gives me no way to connect to what they're doing so that that's not entirely the game's fault if it is based on a cartoon and you know they're presented in this way fans of that cartoon will probably get a kick out of this the game itself uh we've uh, behind the scenes we've been calling it transformers xcom it's not that far from the truth uh, it's kind of like an xcom light but that's only a fair comparison in terms of its combat which is basically all the game is there's no uh you know no business management side to things not that much in the way of upgrades or nothing ground shaking uh, and you basically play through a series of, of missions in order 
you're the Autobots, you're against the Decepticons. Um, you, there's, unfortunately, there's no way to play as the Decepticons in the uh, the campaign. I thought there would have been like a you know Autobot playthrough and a, a bad guy playthrough because you know uh, in video games I like to play as the bad guy because in video games I'm a horrible person. <laughs> in real life, I'm not. Uh, people might dispute that. That's the other way around. Uh, <laughs> so, as a turn-based strategy game, that's a bit like XCOM. Um, just uh, sorry, sidebar. I I really hate how every turn-based strategy game is just likened to XCOM now. Uh, there there are others that we can compare it to. As soon as I saw the interface, though, I was like, "That's XCOM." It, it does look like XCOM. I can't <laughs> I can't argue. XCOM is a very specific kind. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, like calling this XCOM doesn't tell the whole story because there's half of that story to tell. But yeah, so basically you get thrown into missions. Uh, you have three different character classes. There's Brawlers, which is Optimus Prime and Grimlock. Uh, you're a, you have Scouts, who are Bumblebee and Windblade, who I'm not familiar with. I don't. I think she's a new character. Uh, support. You've got RC uh, and Wheeljack. Again, one I'm not familiar with, and one who you know is from the the OG series. Do you go into missions? You're you're largely fighting, um, you know, generic Decepticons uh, named after their their classes. Every so often, you'll encounter a, a main character from the franchise who is kind of like a, a little boss objective partway through a mission. Uh, you get three action points uh, every turn for each character. You can only attack once. Again, this is nothing groundbreaking. This is just you know, typical turn-based strategy stuff. Uh, you can use all three for movement if you want. Uh, if you do that, if you're a ground vehicle, you'll see your character transform into their vehicle, uh, which is a cool representation of the you know the core concept of the franchise. They're robots that transform. Uh, some of the party members can fly. Uh, they can move through or over uh, low buildings. Uh, some of these transformations can play out in attacks, but I'll get into that shortly. So the combat itself, uh, you get one basic attack, and then you get like a special attack that you can uh, make more powerful by spending your extra skill points if you have them and if you want to. That itself offers some something a little different from other strategy games. You can... Uh, you know, not move and, and do a more powerful attack if you've managed to work yourself into a situation that's suitable. But it's mostly just guns and, and close-range stuff that you're dealing with. Uh, after each mission, you'll get like a, a batch of currency that you can save up and spend on new things. So for, for the scouts, uh, I just unlocked Overwatch mode, which again, it's a that's a genre staple uh, for these games. Uh, but the thing I really do like is that if you don't use all your skill points in a turn, they build towards a meter, which is uh, where you can do these things called team ultimates. Uh, and it's basically a free extra move that can deal massive damage. Um, and how many use that is up to you. Uh, I tend to save them for the, the boss encounters. A lot of strategy games don't bother doing anything with that. You just sort of lose the action points you don't use uh, I like this and it opens you up for other tactical options or ways to save your team uh, the other big way that it differs from something like XCOM is that you will never miss there's no XCOM maths you won't be point blank with a you know a hit percentage of 96 and fluffy shot doesn't happen it's a, it's pretty solid overall 
Everything about it, though, is it's obvious that this is meant as an entry-level strategy game or uh, one that's aimed for children. Like The default difficulty options are easy, uh, and it's pretty forgiving, regardless of which uh, difficulty you pick, uh, certainly in comparison to things like XCOM. And, you know, there's no permadeath. You know, there's no real uh, massive disadvantage uh, like that for doing badly. Also, I feel like I'm getting a sense that there's a, a lack of variety across the, the board. Um, most of the objectives so far are kill all the enemies or get to a location quickly. You know, they've got this big cast of characters that's using them seldomly at this point. Uh, I, I think I've beaten Soundwave and Starscream, and that, that's about it so far. And they always escape all Saturday cartoon style, so I know they'll be back at some point. <laughs> and the other thing I didn't like is the visuals. Now, this isn't a thing where, you know, they've strived for an art style and it looks bad, it's just they don't resonate with me. Like, it's, it's definitely a colourful and stylistic choice. I think part of that is just, you know, my affection for the old-school Transformers, so Old Man Yells at Cloud scenario. But yeah, it's just it's just not doing it for me from that level. But I have to say it runs really well, uh, much better than XCOM does. Uh, it's definitely doing less maths behind the scenes, like uh, X. XCOM's doing a lot of number crunching, uh, where you know you're hitting everything on on your turn. On this, it's it's not that not as memory intensive or you know system intensive, but it does run beautifully. It looks great. Um, like there's uh, some of the switch ports that have been out recently. You know you get the bit the bit of blurriness because they're from uh, systems that are more powerful and you have to make compromises. That there, there's no sense of that here. You know it. It looks exactly as they want it to look. It's just not a style that uh, I like all that much. Clearly, it's an entry-level turn-based strategy game for kids, so I think you have to judge it on those merits. So for someone who's an experienced uh, strategy player, so for Andrew or myself, might find it a little lacking. Uh, on the other hand, Tori, you've when we were discussing who was going to take the code, you said you didn't want it because of the genre. This, ironically, would actually be a good starting point for you to get your head around things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a genre I don't enjoy, though. No, that, that's fair. But it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's really forgiving. Um, so mm. it also, like, for someone like me who is experienced, who does like those uh, tense decisions, you know, turn to turn, um, I am enjoying the more chilled out approach to that just off you know as a antithesis to the, the types of games i usually play uh like that is nice just to have a more relaxed turn-based experience uh yeah it, it's a decent entry point i'm glad it exists uh but i think for for those who play this, this genre a lot should just go straight to XCOM or wait for empire of sin uh, unless you're just looking to you know experience the genre in a more chilled out way uh, otherwise i think this is perfect for for kids to jump in and try their hand at uh, something that has always been it's not a mainstream genre uh like the success of the XCOM reboot was uh, a big surprise to many yeah i think that if you're in those two categories i think you'll enjoy it a lot but yeah if you're looking for a challenge look elsewhere the same it but yeah it's it's okay uh, i'm surprised uh 
uh, I'm liking it a lot better than I thought I would. I had said I wouldn't commit to finishing it, and I think I kind of want to see it through now, just because it's so chill. So, neither of you Transformers fans? No. I've only seen the movies, and I don't think that counts. Let's let's forget the movies. We don't (laughs) talk about the movies. If this had been Beast Wars, I would have taken it. I, I don't have any history with the, the Beast Wars series. I I just miss miss that old presentation. I think if if it had the classic design and the like the the original voice actors and all that, I would have been ten times more positive. But uh, as it is, it, it it's nice. Oh, the one thing I didn't talk about is like the the arenas that you fight in. They're like a a mix between cities. There's I've just hit a desert area. I believe Cybertron comes up later. Um, it's it's really fun visually in that sense like having the giant robots fight through cities using houses as cover and uh, yeah that that's all really impressive but yeah just that art style is just not not for me andrew your spooky game of the week is death's hangover i have not heard of this one this is a recent release on the switch but according to the copyright on it i guess it's actually a couple years old Mm. on other platforms whatever uh death's hangover is a spooky kind of gothic horror version of breakout where you have a paddle at the bottom of the screen and you're knocking a ball around and using it to break through barriers uh in this version of breakout there's usually a door at the top of the screen and you're just trying to hit that door to break through into the next room and there's enemies that'll get in the way and like if they touch your paddle then you die and you have to start over or if you fail to reflect the ball with the paddle then you'll lose a life then as well and there's projectiles you have to dodge and there's power-ups that will pop out of the barriers you're breaking down that will give you powers like the ability to shoot spikes or fireballs or they'll make the ball sticky so they stick to the paddle until you choose to launch it away it's pretty typical breakout stuff uh, what makes it stand out is the theming that's been put on it. This is about a hungover death who has a vendetta with a character called Bastard Dracula. <laughs> and I'm guessing it's just Dracula and he just called Bastard Dracula because death is a drunk in this game. And that's just what he calls him. Uh, and you play as death's minions who are these two recently deceased soldiers and one of them has an arrow through his head uh, so he's not very bright because he's clearly brain damaged uh death clearly hates these two people and i don't blame him because they're idiots uh, but death is really no better uh he sends these two soldiers back into the world to fight bastard dracula in women's bodies apparently because that's funny and then the guys are in the body and said, oh, look, we got girl parts. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Really juvenile sense of humor. Um, while you're going through the castle, you're supposed to recover these souls that Bastard Dracula has stolen from death. And you can use these souls to get extra lives. And that was what I was using them for, was I was saving them for the boss battles because... Either this is a hard game or I'm just terrible at Breakout because I needed all of my lives to get to the boss. Then I usually needed to continue to get past the boss. Uh, and then I got all the way to the top of the castle to the door into Bastard Dracula's room. And I needed four souls to get into it. I did not know I needed that. 
if the game said it, I missed it. <laughs> uh, so I, I got kicked out to, into this other room where now Death is mad at me and he's chasing me and this might be an alternate ending or it might just be a way for me to get the souls I need to open that door. I don't know. That was the point where I was just like, I don't care. This game is stupid and kind of offensive and I just <laughs> I just quit. <laughs> this is a bad game. It certainly sounds scary. I was actively repelled <laughs> by this game. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I can be all for a bit of juvenile humor, but this doesn't sound like it strikes any sort of decent tone. So, yeah. Okay, folks, what are you playing in the coming week? Uh, Tori? Well... I forgot about Pikmin 3, and that was taken out of my account <laughs> the other day. <laughs> so I've probably finished the demo leading up to that. But um, I'm also going to try and play the Pokemon DLC. It's hard kind of jumping back into it after not playing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And Andrew? Uh, same for me. I'm going to do Pikmin 3 on Friday, and then during the rest of the week i'm gonna be looking at the crown tundra dlc and pokemon sword and shield which uh i'm sorry to say everything i've heard about it does not have me excited especially after the isle of armor i felt was such a huge improvement over the base game but i'll look at it i'll give it a fair shake we'll see how i feel cool pigman for me as well uh, as long as it comes in time uh, i'm still going on paper mario uh, just about to do the fourth uh, ribbon um, and I believe the fifth one is not quite as uh, long as the others, or from what I've been told. So uh, hopefully have that done fairly soon. Um, yeah, uh, but definitely interested in Pikmin. I've uh, certainly not played it before. Uh, you know, you guys have given me a, a bit of a better understanding of what, what type of game it is. But yeah, still still not 100% on whether I'll get on with it. We'll, we'll find out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the End Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps us to get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify. Did we ever get added to Amazon? What happened to that? Uh, pending. Submitted. Pending. Submitted, but have not heard. Okay. And other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and The Power of X, with coverage on the forthcoming PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2020 consoles. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with our lively Game Podular community, and you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon, and the details for both are on our website. This episode was edited by me, and you can follow me at PlayCritically on Twitter. Andy is at FlameRoastToast, and Tori is at Stu2 at S-T-W-T-W-O. You got the touch. You got the power.
You got the power.